I'm especially excited today um, in our family series, uh, Your People. Your People is our title this, this year. And uh, today you get to hear the sermon title or the teaching title or the moment, whatever's going to happen, called Family, Un- family Unfiltered. So, so to start, I'll introduce my family. Of course, my name is Martin Williams. I'm senior pastor here at the moment. <laughs> Amen. Uh, God's doing some great things here. Uh, This is my wife, Linnell Williams. Uh, Linnell and I have known each other over 45 years, but we've been married 31 years. 32 years. (laughs) It's the first time she knew and I didn't. So 32 years we have been been married. Uh, We're so grateful to God for giving us a life together as a family. Sitting next to her is Callie, our youngest, our daughter. And uh, she's an amazing person just finishing up some studies in school and uh, we're, we're looking forward to her being done in May and we have Joshua, Joshua our firstborn uh, who, is, who is set up to be the lead pastor here at Ambassadors Worship Center just in a little while as we stay around and start to do other things I just want you to know him and what makes us a bit different today is that I have the pleasure of introducing Vanessa Williams uh, I guess in just just around six months ago, Joshua became married to Vanessa, but it's, uh, but it's like an eight and a half year journey for them. It's good. It's good. Uh, eight and a half year journey for them before the wedding. And today we're going to talk about family unfiltered. So before I move into that, we're going to share a verse in just a moment, but I want to make sure that Pastor Nell, you want to, you want to say anything as you introduce or we good? You know, I was just thinking, good morning to you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I declare and decree that this day is not like no other day that you have ever seen. And if you would just stay tuned this morning, I believe the Lord, can somebody say the Lord, he's going to endow us with something we've never experienced and I'm ready for it. Are you ready? Amen. Okay, so we are unfiltered today, and uh, you might find out some things about our family that you don't know. You might also find out some things about our family that's a blessing to you. But in, in, at any rate, this is, going to, this is going to be impactful. As we start talking about unfiltered, I really asked everybody to help me prepare this. So the stuff you're going to hear, the points you're going to hear, is all of us coming together, all of our points the scripture I'd like to use uh, as we talk about this this morning is Joshua 24 and 15, and I think we all know it, but for the sake of our foundation, uh, we'll read it together. Uh, It says, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're dwelling. They were dwelling in a land that God was not ruler. So William's family, read the last verse. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So when Joshua reads this and people think that Joshua is talking about his wife and two kids and a daughter-in-law, he's not. He's talking about thousands of people. Joshua is making the decision for thousands of people who are in his house in his lineage, the lineage of his great-grandfather, 
grandfather and father. He's making a decision. You can serve these gods if you want, but my family, we're going to serve the God of gods. Question is, how was Joshua able to speak for his family? What kind of things did he put in his family that allowed him to speak for his family? We don't read anything in these scriptures where the family had a choice. Joshua led his family with God. They gained all their land, all their possessions, all their anointing came from a relationship with God. So what are these? And maybe I should stop right there. When I, when I read that, uh, what were you guys thinking when we read that? When, uh, when it says, but as for me and my house, for me and literally thousands of people, we are going to serve the Lord. Did you hear anything in that before we move on? Sure. Yeah. So I guess I'll, I'll chime in unless you have something. No, you do have something. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. Um, I think the most important thing to understand is that Joshua had made the decision within himself before he made it for the people. So I think that's so significant because it would have, it wasn't a do as I say and not as I do. Joshua already had relationship with God because if he didn't have relationship, he wouldn't have been able to bring them to that point. So I think that when he said, as for me and my house, I don't think that in that moment that everybody got into alignment, but I think that he was also like declaring and decreeing, like putting a line in the sand, like, you know what, I'm just going to make the decision and allow God to give him permission to help me progress my family to that point. Okay. Anybody else? I I have always said that um, I really didn't have a a decision in what God, what spiritual lane I would be in. Now that you read that, I see now that's what my mother and father did. Right. They chose the spiritual path that I have been walking on since the day I sucked my first breath. And I am so thankful for Willie David Wilcher and May Ethel Banks who came together and today I am the woman of God that I am. The wife to you, the mother to you, the mother-in-law I'm becoming to Vanessa and it's because my mother and my father said, as for me, these children will serve the Lord. Yeah. And real quick, that's really significant. Pastor Nell, real, real, really quick, I think this, this, this is really important. Because anything We're going to get to point one in a minute. Anything that you do outside of what your parents have made a choice for you. So anything that my... Because as parents, you have dreams and aspirations for your children. Absolutely. And anything that we do outside of that phrase of when they said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, it's mm-hmm. my choice to go against what you have made a decision for us. You, because, because you can't be who you're going to be yes. unless you become us first. A thousand percent. Mm. Yeah, you have to become your parents first. You yes. don't... You don't at 18, 19, 20 decide to live your own life. You're right. by yourself. Right. You got to figure out who we are. Right. Yes. And then we got we to gotta help you figure out who your grandparents were. Right. For your children right. and their children. Exactly. Right. For a thousand, thousand generations. generations. Right. You right. can declare and decree that over your house. And the yeah. earlier you do it, the better. But the funny thing about that, really, mm. really, 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 really Hallelujah. quick. Sorry. This is a family conversation, so y'all, y'all be all right. You guys said this to us growing up. You said you cannot be who you want to be you and you cannot. cannot do what you want to no, do. You, you can only be who God has called you Hallelujah. to be and you can only do what God has given you the capacity to do. So anything that we try to do outside of what Joshua said, as for me May and my it house, it's going to take more time, more energy. We're going to have a lot more bumps and bruises and we will no longer Jesus. smell like the father. So anyway, go ahead. Mm, mm, mm. That is so for the sake of time. For the sake of time. Go on, Kelly. <laughs> no, go ahead, sis. I don't I, I was 
I just was gonna say earlier that for me, it was significant because when, when you read that scripture, when my parents read that scripture, personally, I don't feel anything because, I, because when you say it, all I know is I fall in pursuit of what you said. So it's like there's no, there's no rebuttal. There's no like, what? Or it just, like for me, it's just like, all right. And I just assume the position. So okay, okay, okay. She assumed the position. Okay, okay so what, what happens to children in a house what happens to children in a house or in a family and no one in the family that's leading the family has decided who they're going to serve? Mm-mm. What happens to the children? <laughs> they wander off. I think they wander off and they don't have any direction. They don't know who they are, where they come from. And so they're just going to find whoever else is out there and say, oh, I kind of, I don't know about, I don't know what my family's doing, but there seems to be doing something and just right. go anywhere right. and look outside of the house. Because if you don't have direction inside of the house, you have to look somewhere else. Right. But we're also taught that sometimes the Holy Ghost can skip the next generation and enter into the mouth of a two-year-old. So that two-year-old can make the decision, like, I'm going to live for Christ. Because I think that sometimes parents are but like, is that God's way? No. Okay. It's not the order, right? So right. Genesis sets us in order and there are principles, but if something is broken, Christ isn't just going to pass over your family because the head isn't getting in line. He's going to find somebody in that house whose heart is broken enough, even if they're two or they're three or if they're even unborn. That's why like people, we have a new baby that's coming into her family and like everybody's so excited about this baby. And it's just like, man, you know what? We have it together, but this baby, God might lead the entire family to this unborn child if we don't get it together. So. Um, Last comment, then we'll go to point one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that also what can happen when there's no leader that uh, like just establishes the, the way in which a family is going to go, it can lead to, a lot of people say when there's no plan, you're not going to get any benefits. If you're just wandering through life, there's going to be no benefits. So for children who are looking, who are in a house with parents who don't really know what they're choosing to do on a daily basis, who haven't really chosen the plan and the purpose of their family, it can cause resentment in their children sometimes because they're, because they're looking around at other families or even if they're in a church like this, they're looking at other families who are really applying these principles and they're like, well, Johnny over there, like their family's doing this, like, or Sally, like she just got into there or, you know, there's favor all among them. It's like, but what are we doing here? And it can cause like kids to be like, but, but you want us to keep doing this. You want us to pray? Like you want us to tie, but, but we're not seeing any of the things because we haven't really sewn into this. So I think it can cause some some difficulties and some hardship. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay, so so here it is, folks. This is what we want to discuss today, and it really comes down to what a family has to have, what a family needs. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are essentials for a family to be healthy and successful. What are those things? So we whittled it down literally from like 25 or 30 of them to just a few of them for today. And kind of. No, we did. Okay. The first thing we need a family, the first thing that a family needs, we believe, and please write this down if you're at home. Uh, Give us your questions also. We'll have people looking at this so that we can answer them later or, or whatever. But give us your comments and your questions and please share this. Okay. The first thing a family needs is identity. Identity. And this is what we're going to discuss today around identity. Who are we as a family? What do we as a family believe in? 
right? So it needs identity that answers the questions, who are we as a family, and what do we stand for? What do y'all got to say about that? Yeah, if we don't know, I think that that's the, you, you see that, and hear, hear what we're saying, but not what we're saying, because, and you'll probably speak to this, everything that you see on this, on this stage is intentional time, effort, sweat, tears, blood, guts, like we, like we go to war with one another so that we can sit in front of people and have it all together, right? But at some point in time, um, if you don't know who you are, you will go and, I, I agree with my wife, I've never been able to say that before, so that's really, on, on stage, it's really cool. Um, but you, you say go, it every service. Yeah, you will go yeah. and, yes sir, that's a good nugget. Yeah. You will go and try to find your identity, regardless of if it takes a whole bunch of your time, a whole bunch of your money, like, like and, and I think that that's so important because it's so difficult for us, and I agree with Callie, that if I don't associate with the people that I live with, I can be the destruction that destroys all of us. I don't even know who I am. I don't know where I'm going. And it's not just my name. It's not just my family name, but it's like, who are we as a family and why are we together? Why was I born to you? Why was Callie given as my sister? You could have had a boy that was 6'5 and went to the NBA, but you gave me Callie. So it's my job to realize and to learn from you, like, who are we and what, like, what do we stand for? Like, what is the foundation of our lives? I, I think that's the, um, uh, my little tidbit on the identity piece is what we said earlier. It all starts with a mother and a father, which is the original plan of God. There will be no change or adjustment to that order. I don't care what society we live in, what we're facing, how popular, what the trends might be. As citizens of the kingdom and believers of the word of God, we cannot get lost in societal chaos, right. that we have to understand when a mother and a father come together in passion, and it is the Lord that allows a child to come out of that passion, we have to make sure that the nursery, remember the nursery, they, oh, we're going to do the nursery, we're going to put all this, they're going to have turtles, they're going to have elephants, all this stuff. Well, that nursery idea should not end after the child is one. That's really good. Right. That nursery, that, that incubation, that overseeing and brewing over Callie and Joshua, calling out the things of God and implanting in their hearts that you were born into this house because the Lord God is God. Right. And that we have chose this day that we would serve him. And we just say to little Josh and little Callie, you're going to serve the Lord all the days of right. your life. Yeah, but that you, you're not going to break this legacy. Most definitely. But I think that's so important because then when we start to have babies, we bring those kids back to that same nursery. Oh, absolutely. And God living, you'll still be here absolutely. so that it say it shaves off like I'm not going to have to be an amazing great parent if I bring them back to the place that made me who I am or made us who we are. Mm. And that's so important, Josh. That you you know all Two of firstborns this, all of are this, talking, I guess. All of this foolishness about I'm going to take a wife we talked strongly and clearly to Vanessa and her mother and her father with grace and with love, but with fervency. We do not expect to serve another God. We're going to honor you, but how do we put it? Well, and I think that's the important part is I knew what I was getting myself into joining the Williams family. It wasn't something I learned after we got engaged. It wasn't something I learned after we got married. It was 
we're at church every day. We're studying our word. These are what we believe in. And so even if that wasn't what my family necessarily believed in, which we did mostly, but it was, I knew, and it, it wasn't, I wasn't going to come into this family and change them because they've known their identity before. I mean, they learned it with their grandparents and their great grandparents. And yes. so I think that's why it's important, especially when you're adding to families is that there's a strong structure and everybody knows what that right. is. But don't cap though, because we, the third time that we broke up and maybe we'll tell the story at some point in time, the third time that we broke up, it was, I'm, I'm being honest. We really had to sit and think, okay, what does this look like on Sunday? I'm, are you going to be okay if, if your family never comes to church? Are you going to be okay if I miss birthday parties? Because I go to church on Sunday. So we didn't just break up just because it wasn't going to work. We went back to our camps and really had to ask this question. Like, I love her. She's amazing. She's the, like, the most beautiful thing in my life. But do I, do I have to forfeit the nursery for that? Does she have to forfeit hers? And if the answer to that is yes. As for me, it ain't going to work. In my house, our house, we're going to serve the Lord. We will. You, you would not have gotten my blessing to marry her yes, sir. if she didn't want to serve the God we serve. Mm. But that's like the seal of approval, right? The well, blessing I'm just be, saying. Mm. Not you know, everybody. Right. That was a seal of approval. For and, our house. And literally, Vanessa was amazing. But it took me about four or five years to figure that out. Yeah. Almost definitely. Because <laughs> I cannot give up my only son uh. to other gods. I can't do that. Because everything we have came from God. Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah. He says that goes without saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Well, I said okay. it. Well, well, see, she's the mother. She's very, she's very strong, very vocal, and we're not, we're not, in, comp we're not in competition. No, we're not. So she's going to speak up and be loud about it. It's going to be every time, resilient, all the time. But at the end of the day, I'm the father Amen. of the whole thing. Right. Amen. So even if, even if she doesn't agree with it. You still. Right. <laughs> and, and so I, I didn't, your great, great grandfather that came out of slavery. Right. Did not prepare us one day to give it away to heathens. Teach. No, they didn't. <laughs> so, it, so it's like, so it's like for you and for Callie, for you and for Callie and our grandchildren, we are saying we serve the Lord. We know who we are. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that you don't have to go outside of who we, who we are and try to figure it out. Right. Exactly. And the last thing that I'll add before we go to point two <laughs> is we were watching something last night and they said you can either plan to be ahead when you have kids or you can plan to be behind. You can plan wow. from behind. Facts. From be Thank you. You can plan your family from the attitude that you're behind. Facts. Yeah. Or you can plan your family from the attitude that you're blessed and ahead. A thousand percent. Exactly. And that's what mom is saying. And that's a totally different thing. <laughs> Wait a minute. I was pointing at the guys. <laughs> you said it's a totally different thing. I'm, real quick, yeah, what do you mean? So the, what we were watching, and I think it's just so applicable, but mom was saying about the nursery. And then like when you have children, right, that nursery, you put the elephant, the turtle in there. But really, like, what about the doctor? What that about the, the scope on the wall. Books. The books. Music. Or, you know, because a lot of times we I'm put sorry. the sports on the wall or we put the football, we put the, the other things. Like, Ooh. But if, and if we you, set them up. You set them up for all. Dad, you are five foot. Mom, you are four foot 11. And now you, want, now you put Yao Ming. Yeah. yeah, we ain't trying to do all that. And all these people up on the wall. Abstract stuff on the wall. So as you're waking up, you see Jesus. stuff on the wall where you can see yourself mm. in it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's the room you grew up so in. So be careful, Factual. be careful, be careful, be cautious yeah. of what you allow to be in front of your children. And what be you careful. 
And, and what you t also be careful about what you tell them to expect in life. Like, mm. don't tell them, you know, you, you have to be good at sports. You better find you a sport to be good at because that's how you're going to go to college. Right. Like, no, be like, you, you need to find what you love. You need yeah. to find what makes you passionate. You need to find what you're good at because everything else follows that. Because that's what's blessed. And you're so right, Callie. And a good parent will tell this kid, if, you are, if you're five foot one, you probably need to change your direction when Gotta it comes honest. to that sport. Right. And parents are there to be honest and loving, yes. but just don't let your children go down paths that obviously they're probably not going to have any fruit. Come on. I, I mean, like I've seen so many mothers. Yeah, that girl got a, a, a letter in the mail talking about this modeling contract. Do you know that's a money scheme? Yes, your daughter is beautiful, but chances are, look at the things, the strings that are attached behind it. Right. Yes. Yes. Who's but that, goes, but that Who, goes along with... Who's paying for the photo shoot? But that goes along... If you got to pay for the photo shoot, it's not an opportunity. You're not a model. Right. Okay. It's, but, but, it goes back, <laughs> but it goes back to what Callie said. Yeah. If the leader of the family, yes. and the leader of my family for most of my life was a female, my sister, mm. but the leader of our family decided who we were going to serve, and then she would say, your mom and dad served him. She would say mm. all that stuff. And then she taught us how to get spoiled on, on Jesus. On, thousand percent. She taught us how to be spoiled. She taught us how to pray and receive. So you got to give these children this atmosphere in your family. An example. You have to set them up to always know that God's with them. Yes. Right. Always. Now, so that's really about leadership in your family. Yeah. That's really about leadership. Write it down, folks. That's about leadership in your family. This whole thing of who, we, who are we? What do we believe? There needs to be leadership in your family. And I'm telling you right now, don't let anybody label you with your single family house, your single parent household, or your this, that, and the other. Forget it. Whoever's the leader in that house, be the leader in that house. Make a decision for your children. We have thousands of examples in this church of single moms and single dads, but they raise their children, and now all of their children are serving God. So you can't tell us anything about that. Right. So who wants to take number two? Right. So number one was identity. Right. Now we're walking into leadership. leadership. Right. Mm. So the question that we have here and to pose, and I think this is really important. You should be writing these questions down because since you're at home, I know that you're probably not going to Olive Garden for lunch. You could literally sit with your family and ask these questions. So our question with underneath leadership, and that, this is your point, is what is our vision and how are we getting there? I want to hear y'all talk about this one. Okay. Go ahead. We'll start so the most important thing that you can do if you're not the parent is submit to the vision of someone else. And I think that the most important thing that I can do for Martin, and, and I'm not being weird, like he's Pastor Martin, he's the head of my life, like all that stuff. But the best thing I can do for Martin and Linnell, the best thing that me and Callie did was to assume that God was showing them where we needed to go. Every, every second that I, would, that I would use questioning, being skeptical, asking like, hey, I don't understand, why are we going forward? It's almost like I'm stopping the train just so that I can get on board. And I could be, end up, we can be off point because I don't trust that what you see is what God's trying to show you. How did you guys learn the vision? I had to teach Our her. Vision. The vision of our You're house, like. the vision and where we were going. How did you learn it growing up? You taught me, I taught her. And then when I missed it, she taught me. When and how? <laughs> All the time. That's my answer. This is the test. All yeah. the time. But when did it happen strategically? 
going to hit you with the mic. During our family meetings. Okay, right. Okay, yeah, of course. I, yeah, I, just, I was trying to make sure you weren't trying to trick me or something. Always. Yes, family meetings. So what Every would happen year. during those family meetings? We have to go over everything. We'd be grilled. Our goals, our grades, our money, our saving boxes. At, when we were younger, it was the saving boxes. We had the... Save. Tithe. Tithe. Spend. Spend. So you had the money you had to save. Okay. Right. And we'd have to go over there. How much have you saved, Callie? 20%. Or how much do you spend? And we'd have to go over what goals did you have at the last family member? Every December, we have a family meeting. We typically went to New Orleans or Grandma's house or somewhere. Or the basement. And we would sit down, typically in between like New Year's. Right. And you'd have to go through everything in your life, your goals, your health. Oh, my gosh. We'd have to go through, how are you mentally? Callie, how's school? Callie, you're going through things in middle school. You, set a, you set a goal for 3.5 average. Did we you reach it. it? We took minutes. <laughs> Mom would be going crazy like Callie. What'd you say? 3.5, 3.4. Which one? So, and then we would go back over that next year. Like it didn't, right. and it, we've never missed a year. So. And I think the most amazing thing about it was <laughs> that even if we met our goal, but we didn't follow the steps that we said that we were going to take to get there, we called it a fail. This is what I mean. So if we're driving and we're trying to get from point A to point B, but we have no direction of where we're going and we have no GPS and we get there, yes, we made it, but we didn't follow what we said we were going to do to get there. So multiple times our parents would literally, and this is the funny thing, if you live in a space where people can tell you that you're being hard on your children and you're not being malicious and you're not like totally like beating them to death, you need to get out of that place because them being hard on us set an expectation that nobody else can make us work harder than we can allow ourselves to work for ourselves, right? So does that make sense? So in these meetings, we you would hold each other not to the expectations that we had. We would hold each other to the expectations that you set of yourself last year. Joshua last and that, year. And that we accepted. And we expect of you. Yes. So if I didn't lose the 30 pounds, which happened year after year after year after year, when they looked at me and said, you haven't done what you were supposed to do, and we got to go to H&M to go get you some new clothes because they don't fit, I lost my permission to be upset with them because that was a goal that I set for myself. And they helped support me in that. Pastor Martin taught a message a couple of months ago about owning it. I think that's one of the pitfalls of just life as individuals. You have to own your life. You have to own your decisions. And then, people of God, you have to own the consequences. But unlike making a decision for your life, the leadership part of your life, right. not wanting to listen to a Naomi, not having a Naomi, not honoring your mother and your father like the Word of God says, but the thing that you fail to recognize is you cannot choose the consequences. Right. Yeah. When Ever. you step outside of God's divine order of having a leader, the head of the house, the father or the mother, or in some cases, a single home, whoever is in charge of setting the course, you have to honor that person. There is, I cannot begin to tell you how much safety there is in five. honoring the order Absolutely. God has set Absolutely. in your life. Absolutely. You are going down a right. slippery slope. Right leaving the kitchen table, going upstairs, downstairs, wherever you sleep, and planning and plotting to know that you're exactly going to do whatever is directly opposite right. of what your mother and your father, right. that person that have rulership over you. This, sort of, this happened right before you guys were born, and, and, and I'll make it short, but <clears throat> we were poor. 
I mean, real poor, living in a little rental house, and we had one car driving back and forth, and that car got stuck high-centered in the snow our first winter. You remember that? <laughs> high-centered. I didn't even know what high-centered meant. But there was more snow in the middle of the car than it was on the tires, so we're just sitting there. <laughs> and we had to walk three blocks to our house. It's like a foot and a half of snow. And I said to her, we were just so despondent, and the wind was blowing. It was horrible blizzard, horrible. And I said to her, walk behind me. She said, I ain't going to make no difference walking behind you. I said, it will. Just do it. So for about a half a block, she refused. That's tough. Yeah. It was okay. Finally, I just got in front of her. And she said, that made a difference. Absolutely. Ooh, unbox that, please. Wrong show, Josh. No. Tune in next Wednesday. <laughs> no, 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 no. She, she didn't expect. I said. Wrong show. That made a difference. That made it. The wind was blowing in our face. Mm. And the snow was blowing in our face. We didn't have the proper clothes. We, we, you know, we just moved here our first winter. And when I got in front of her, she realized I was taking the wind yeah. and you. I was taking the snow. Thank you, Jesus. And that's the way it should be in your family. Somebody has to be willing. Men should not ask for a wife and children until he's ready to get in front. When he gets in front, she may not even think it makes a difference. But it makes all the difference. Even if the only difference is, Callie, that he got up front. Even if the only difference. If that's the only difference. That he made a decision. That he made a decision to get up front. Walk behind me, baby. Jeez. Stay behind me, sweetheart. Come on, preacher. Just, just stay right there. <laughs> and listen, Vanessa, go ahead, because I, I was know I say, just... I think the awesome part of that, too, is it creates a safety and covering in your own family. So if you have that leadership, I'm going to stand up front. I'm going to get behind. And so I know if I fail, if I trip, if I fall, there's still someone leading us in that covering. And I think that also goes to if you fail, the consequences are within your own family. You have that buffer. If you set those goals together in an agreement... If I fail, at least I can fail in my family, That's and I'm covered. That's that where you fail. Yeah. And if you, and I think practically, just from based on what I've experienced, like if you are in a household or if you're a parent and you feel like you'd be a hindrance taking leadership or choosing or standing up and doing something, I think that the people in your family are probably looking, yeah. yearning and waiting for you to do something. Don't ever feel like your kids would rather be on their own. Don't ever feel like your kids would rather feel like you don't care. Like they are looking at you like, please, please. stand up for me. Please tell me where to go. Please assume your position. Please you are tell me that dress is too parent. short. Please demand that I stay home tonight. Yeah. No, I wanna okay. go out here with these people. Like yeah. mom said, it's comforting. Who wants to feel alone? Period. Regardless, we want to feel secure. We want to feel like people care about us. Like, that's human nature. So don't think just because you're a dad and it might be uncool these days, kids are just supposed to be out here doing whatever. Like, no, that's not it. Mm -hmm. That's not it. Mm -hmm. Can I say this too? <laughs> this stuff that you're hearing is not stuff we want to do. These things, Man. we do. <laughs> what? And we're going to be doing these things until... Until... And I want to give a plug for a change in wives. 
You need to get in your position and let that man called your husband get in his position. I don't care how many times you have felt for years you're doing all this. You need to sit down, take a chill pill, and get underneath your husband and begin to help him. Put him in a position in the family where those children will again see him as the leader. You have the power to do this. And I'm asking you, as especially wives of Ambassadors Worship Center around the world, but especially here in Omaha, let's get off of that high horse and let that man lead. Help him lead. I mean, give him all the credit of leading and you, you just pull back and see won't God just come into the house and provide a way of escape, a blessing that you didn't have the, 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 the faith to believe. But let him lead. Come on, women. Let him lead. It'll do you good. And him leading doesn't mean he has to do everything. It just means he's in front of you. Absolutely. It just means he's taking the brunt yes. of the battles. Absolutely. He's, he's, just, he's just standing there. You could be leading in a lot of different areas in which you do in our family. But I know if I'm not, if I'm not up front, <laughs> you won't have the energy to lead. Uh-uh. You'll be worrying about where we're going to live, where we're going to stay, how yeah. we're going to eat, what about the kids, where are they? Mm. So all that stuff is taken care of so that you can be the leader you are. Mm. That's the idea. And men, just one, just one thing I'll tell you now in all this, pick your battles now. That girl you married to, let me help you. Look at all the women in here who are married or get married. <laughs> that woman you married to, everything matters to her. Everything. All the time. <laughs> she knows what you're wearing, what the kids are wearing, what colors on the wall, how much gas in the tank. She knows everything. Let her do her thing. You only show up when you need to leave. You got to pick your battles because she'll wear you out. She will wear you out, Chad. <laughs> she will wear you out. Because oh she never stopped thinking. She never wants, she never satisfied with her hair. She's never satisfied with the dress. Never. So you gotta say, that ain't important. That's not important. Now when the when the culture in the house starts to change, and you go, hey babe, we're not doing that. Yes. Adam didn't Adam Adam should have let Eve do her thing. Until she brought home food he could not afford. He should have said, oh, babe, this is wonderful. New paint on the wall, new couch, this brick. But where you get that steak from? I did not give you that steak to cook for us to eat. You need to take that back wherever you got it from. By the way, is there a sugar dad in your life? You listen to another man, what's happening? If he had just had her take that back to the tree, we wouldn't be in the mess we're in. So you just need to... Anything in your house, Josh, that changes the destiny of your house, that's when you stand up. That's when you say, sweetheart, we can't do this. And that's really leadership. Yes. <laughs> leadership. That's really leadership in the house. So... You wanted to talk about demonstrating the kingdom life. Yeah, so a couple weeks ago, I had the opportunity to teach on this concept of salmon, salmon, Samson. Um, and the cool thing about the story, long story short, Samson's parents are not able to conceive. His mother hears from an angel. She conceives, and the angel gives her what? Instructions. 
don't cut his hair, don't drink this, don't let him eat these certain types of things. When we move through the story of Samson, Samson has like this dysfunctional relationship with God because he never accepted Christ or Jesus as his God. He says, it's the, it's the God of my mother. This is a point that Callie kind of touched on, but when it comes to leadership, there's, there's a huge importance that the kingdom life is actually demonstrated in the home. I said something very strong during that sermon, and what I said was that you cannot expect for your children to have a relationship with a man called Jesus if the only time that they ever hear him, read, or fill in a coloring page is on Sunday between the times of 10 to 12. It's impossible for you to raise yes. up a child in the ways of God if the only time that they are there is within two hours. If we believe that they need to uh, learn, as, as Paul Paul would say, math, uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic, if they, need to, <laughs> if they need to have over a thousand hours of math in order to be proficient before they get to the sixth grade, how much more time do they need with Christ learning how to pray, learning the importance of tithing, learning the importance of we were broke. And it's not because daddy was smart. It's not because mommy got two or three different jobs, but God made a way. So I just have a couple of different points because we have conversations multiple times with people that are like, yeah, the kingdom works except at my house. Wow. Now wow. we're unfiltered today. We're no, gonna be yeah, no one take offense. It's true. Yeah, don't take offense, but I, I go ahead. No, I'm, I'm just saying, don't take offense to this. We're being unfiltered and we're telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's why I asked Dr. Monroe to mentor me. Because he was teaching a kingdom and I'm seeing him walk with his wife and his two children. And I'm like, that's not happening at my that's house. That's not happening at our house. That's, that right there is not happening in my house. How do I make that happen? So don't be offended. Right. So you can make the assumption that everything that we're saying is not about you, but it's conversations that we had in the house. That's good. Because there was a time in our lives where Callie was being blessed left and right. And I was struggling in school. And I was like, God, I'm praying. I'm fasting. And at the time, I, and we had this conversation. Okay. I thought I was... <laughs> holier i was probably like, i'm more oiled and oily than she is but she was getting favor every she, other she, week but, 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 so, she, but she was simple she was real simple when her father told her callie pray don't pray long don't pray long just ask god for it now go act like you got it and that's what she would do right but there has and to she be, would receive it but there has to be a different you level of You are inside your head most of the time. Because we are not the same person. Agreed. So not. there has to be a difference because if the father that fathered Callie met me, I can't accept him because that's not my dad. But that's another conversation for another day. What? I need the father that I, I needed for that me meant. in that moment. Do you know what I'm talking about? The uh -huh. way in which you father your children, the way in which you parent them is, 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 Two is different. Two different Exactly. So the father that she got in my time, and it took me a lot. When it, you really know your kids. When you know them, you sure. Them so let me get back to my point. Yeah. Okay. The kingdom lifestyle has to be demonstrated in the home because faith, forgiveness, and love is only as good as it's practiced. You can't have your children be taught all these things in the church and they never see it at the crib. Because if I never see it at the house, then I start to set my expectations on the man or the woman in the pulpit and not my people. So when you do not teach your children at home, you give them permission to call somebody else their parent. The second thing is this. Your children are not able to have a relationship with someone who they only see once a week. So the first place that Jesus should be invited and taught and studied is in the home. The first place that they should hear that they're beautiful is from you, pops, not from some guy. The first place that your son should be proud of, to know that he's being made proud of, is when he's at the house. So these are a couple of the things that I think that we need to do intentionally, and then I'll move on. We need to pray together. 
There were so many times where our parents literally taught us how to pray. Like, what they taught us what to say, when. They taught us what to do with our emotions when we were praying. So that way, when we were asked to pray, God was able to use, was able to use us as an instrument because it didn't matter if we were five, six, or seven, or eight. I still prayed the same way I did when I was 12 because I learned the importance of it and how to do it. Can but. I say something? Also, like, beyond praying, we're kingdom citizens. Teach your kids how to speak in tongues. Because even when you don't have the words, sometimes speaking in tongues is easier. Like, people make it real hard, and it is kind of That's what we said. You know, do this because it's easy to pray. And my dad literally taught me. Like, you think, I don't know, but the practicability that they apply to my life. Yeah, like, they'll be like, just start saying it, Callie. Every single time you are in the spirit and you start praying, just start saying something, mumble, whatever. Like, and he would just like, you, when you ask for it, he would tell me, you've already received received it. Like, it's not like you're begging for anything. It's not like you don't already have it. My dad told me you already have it. And you know what that does for your kids? Like, what you mean? My dad said I can have it. He provides everything. So he must, he, I got it. So let me just, let me just assume the position. <laughs> let me just assume. So parents, because we didn't have it at first. Because the promise I made your mom walking in the snow with me when we got back to our rental house with no heat, I said, stick with me. One day you're going to be very wealthy. You'll be able to buy anything you want. But I, I told her sitting there, I said, but I don't know how to get us there. And I told you that before we got married. But God knows how we're going, he's going to get us there. And I'm certain he's going to get us there. What I did in that moment was I took the pressure off of me to provide for her. And I took the pressure, I took the pressure off of her to provide for you. So we taught you both. Pray and believe you got it, even if it's something we don't have. Even if it's something we've never experienced. But God is so good that he wants your children to look to you. Mm-hmm. He wants your children to look to you. So he's so good that he'll give it to you as father of your children that's coming. How many? Six, ten? Four. So, four. Okay. Twelve. Seven. Okay. <laughs> He will bless the father and the mother so that the children see the goodness of God. And that demonstration of the kingdom spoils them. And they won't want to serve anything else. And I think that the the point of why demonstrating the kingdom in the house is so important is because the kingdom works. Yes, it does. When it got to the point where dad would say, just pray for it. And I would pray for it, and it would happen. The first time, you call Cap. Like, yeah, okay, wow, okay, the universe worked it out. But when it gets to the point where every, when you start, like, testing God, not to test his might, but you start praying for, like, insignificant things. Like, God, when we get to the movie theater, there's going to be an open car spot. You know what? There's going to be three of them put together. Then you get there, and there's three. And I'm really not trying to, like, exaggerate. I'm being totally honest. You know what, God? I'm going to ask for tuition, and you're going to give me everything except for the 12 cents. And it actually, and this is a testimony, and it actually happens. And then you go to the registrar's office and like, yeah, you only owe 12 cents. You're like, okay. So this thing works, but it all happened because I didn't have to come to a building to see it. I was able to walk down the hallway and see that it actually works. I love this subject. Trusting God. Um, I do not, I honestly do not understand Christians or people that come to church as a, a practice that don't trust God. I don't understand why you frustrate yourself in a side of a system that you don't trust. 
it would be better for you. And, and there's the word of God says, choose ye this day, right? Uh, you got to make a decision. And, and nine times out of ten, you can't fool God. He knows you don't trust him. So why do we play these head games and we get sidetracked in our spiritual path because we don't believe what we read and what we come into a congregation of believers that we don't believe? I mean, you, isn't there something in the Bible that talks about you need to be hot or cold, hot or cold, not lukewarm? And you need to stop frustrating yourself. If you don't want God, leave God. That's but if you believe God, trust God. That's so true. And it'll remove a lot of confusion. And frustration. And frustration. And expectation in your And kids. setbacks. There's, there's nothing worse than melted ice cream. <laughs> and nothing worse than lukewarm coffee. It needs to be cold or it needs to be hot. Mm -hmm. And a lot of families don't see a lot of families don't see the goodness of God mm. because they're lukewarm. Well, I don't go to church, but I serve God at home. Impossible. It's impossible. Can you? You can't do it. It is impossible. It's impossible. It's not possible. It's not possible to serve God and not be a part of a church. By yourself. Because he has promised he's yeah. only going to give his blessing yes. to the church. To the church. That's it. Teach your children. Here's my question. I'm, and I'm going to ask this of Pastor Nell and Vanessa. I want to ask Vanessa, when you stepped into our family and found out we weren't just playing with church, that we were church forever, I want to know really how you felt. Now, don't lie now. <laughs> Hold on. I want you to think Holy about Ghost. it. I want you to be honest with how you felt about it. You know, Josh, this family, you know, which is it? How are we going to work this out? And I want to ask Pastor Linnell and Callie what they saw in you as you were coming into our family and discovering what was happening. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not in here. At all. Um, I'll say I felt relieved because it was seeing a family on stage saying how they practice, what they practice, but then going to the house and actually seeing it. So for me, it wasn't like I knew who I was getting everywhere, not just at church on Sundays, not just on Wednesday nights. I got them on dinners at Texas Roadhouse. I got dinners in the kitchen. And so for me, it was easy. I would say I, re I was relieved because I didn't have to jump in different places. I knew I knew that if I was consistent, they're going to be consistent and that we would grow together without backtracking, well, I thought, I thought, but the other day on stage you said this, but then I'm coming into your house and we, we don't even practice that, then I would just get confused. And then I would bring it back to our relationship. Your parents say this, but they don't actually do it. And then cause a, a rift between them or anything else. So I think for me, it was just very comforting. I knew who they were and who I was getting. This is the Watusi family. What you see Watusi? is what you get. What did you, I mean, honestly. As she's walking into our family, what were y'all think? You want to go first, Callie? Yeah, let Callie go first. <laughs> how did you? How did you see? How, did you see any struggle? Did you see? I mean, did you see what? What did oh. you see? Oh, okay. Let me say it's twofold. First of all, Vanessa wasn't playing. Uh, this is what I admire because um, she, she, when she got here, she sold out. It didn't matter what her mom, you know, her dad, her sisters were doing, their extended family, it didn't matter. She really left her family and clung to ours. 
So she wasn't playing. It, it was a different culture, it was, different, it was just a different lifestyle that she wasn't used to, but she wasn't playing about it. But then in the church setting, it was different. And especially at Ambassador Center, we, we're, we talk a lot, we touch a lot, uh, we, we, we inspire people to speak their mind, you know, have your thoughts, be strong in what you think. And I think, honestly, Vanessa was the first true introvert I ever met. I didn't, and I didn't understand it. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> say something to me. Get, do, get loud, say something. Like, give me a, an opinion. Like, what do you feel about this, that? Because it was just, it's just what we are. That's what the Williams are. Uh, I didn't get the opportunity to be quiet or not open up about what I was feeling. I had to, even when I didn't want to. So I would say, spiritually, like that was different for Vanessa, from my perspective of watching, like being in here, like if, if I believe, if Vanessa could just sit in a chair, you know, get her praise on, get her word and go home, she's cool. She doesn't have to be around people necessarily. She doesn't have to touch you or necessarily, because I think she's a true introvert. So I, it was just like that, whoa. <laughs> like it was, it was different, but she did it. And it's still doing it. <laughs> do you want to go or we can get through one more point? What do you want to do? Sorry, What's the long? question? No. What's the question? How did, what did you observe of her as she's entering our family and our space? Uh, contrary to everybody's belief, Vanessa and I had a relationship first. I saw this young uh, medical student who was bright, but quite timid. And I, working in the medical community, I'm like, most medical people, especially black ones, were arrogant. They were kind of crazy. Not that you're black, kinda but crazy. you're brown. They, they, all of their identity was in all those letters, and I went to school and all this stuff. But I never met such an innocent person. And I like Vanessa for the church, not necessarily for Josh. I didn't know anything about Josh at the time, and I was like, oh, okay. And so I just, all of a sudden, I'm like, what is going on here? What's happening? What's, what's forming here? And so I'm like, mm, I'm gonna see this thing fizzle out. It'll fizzle out, because Vanessa cannot be interested in Josh. She's a doctor, you know, in a sense. I knew I, we had raised a brilliant son, yeah, but, and then I, I put on my, my Pentecostal hat. You understand? I'm like, this girl, I have not heard her speak in tongues. I have, like Kelly said, I haven't heard her pray out loud. I really haven't seen her express her worship before God in the manner in which I know what God had told Pastor Martin and I about our children, specifically Josh. You know, I thought because Josh had the gift to gab that he was going to be the attorney, Callie was going to be a doctor. But God began to brew. And I said, listen, Vanessa, you're going to have to pick it up and put it down. Because if what I'm seeing is going to happen, there's a whole lot of transformation that's got to take place. And, um, but you need to talk to God and, and have a reckoning in yourself. So it took me forever. And we are all still yeah. coming to the realization that if God is for this, let us get with this. And so uh, we love Vanessa. I love Vanessa. And I have an opportunity to continue to shape 
a great woman of God in her to, uh, if you would accept me as a Naomi. No, it's too late. Yes, I, I am your Naomi. Yeah, I mean, yeah. along with your mother, yeah, who I also, you know, that's the thing. I have to know her mother yeah. too. Yeah, so I'm, I'm spending time with Florida and looking at her sisters. Vanessa is a twin. So I'm shaping her. Didymus. And uh, so that's, that's my answer. It takes time. At this point, we're real raw. So if you were playing about sharing this live stream, at this point, you need to share this live stream. That was raw. All right. And I think the funny thing about it is that this is not just for the camera. Like, this is yesterday. This is the day before. This is Callie sitting down and being like, saying, saying things to Vanessa in front of me and seeing if I was going to protect her. And then Callie saying, are you going to protect me as my sister? Or are you going to protect her as your girlfriend? And it's just like, no, I'm not protecting anybody because no. this, is, this is the smallest thing that we're going to fight about. At some point, we're going to be fighting for our parents' lives. At some point, we're going to be fighting for other people that say things that are wrong. So I got to know that she can defend herself without me and that she knows that I love her without defending her. So it's this thing of like, we are together and we're demonstrating yeah, you how this thing works. You, you have to allow Callie, Callie to have a relationship Vanessa. with Vanessa. Mm -hmm. Pastor Nell needs a relationship with Vanessa. And it has to be outside of anything. So when she comes I to me with Callie, you got to go with call Vanessa. her. That ain't got nothing to do with me. This will not work if you're the only one in the family right. that has a relationship with Vanessa. Or speaks mm -hmm. for her. Right. You can't speak for her. You can't protect her from Callie. You can't protect her from me. Yes. You, you've got to let us nope. build one with her because eventually... <laughs> That's the wedges that drive families apart. Mm. They don't know one. Everybody doesn't know one another. They didn't take the time to get together. You think you want to marry her. And I'm like, that's wonderful. But we're not ready to marry her. Right. And you know what? We're I not think? even ready to even consider her as a choice. Josh. No. Josh. Be because number one, because number one, we've been at family meetings with you. Mm. You know what we're getting ready to say. Uh -huh. We're in family meetings with you since you're, since you were six. Yes. Mm -hmm. Callie was two and a half when we started family meeting. Right? She's over there coloring on the ground. We're asking her. She's like, we don't, I don't know. But so we're hearing you year after year describe your wife because she was on your list. Yes. We're, we're, so we're trekking with you. Then Vanessa comes into your life and we're like, okay, we're going through this list. And I had to explain to Vanessa, no one's rejecting you. You. Right. But we want to make sure, because at the time, I was her pastor. Pastor Nell was her pastor. So we were trying to protect her from you. Yeah. You ain't telling Glory me that. Tell them. <laughs> right. We're like, listen, Vanessa, stay in med school. Keep your eye on God. You're getting ready to be a PA. Don't let this little kid, he's a, he's a few years behind you. Don't hold up your life for him. And we're also saying, this girl on his list Look nothing she, like she, she's not like nothing like. So we need to make sure he knows, so he doesn't mess up your life. Right. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. How did you feel about that? It was a lot to take in, <laughs> because Josh and I. So yes, they were my pastors first, and we've had conversations and coverings and deep discussions about things that I later brought to Josh once we got That's our friendship good. romantically. Oh, okay. And so I didn't know that. Yeah. Go ahead. But the first couple of years with Josh and I, I was out of state, so all we did was talk. So we were talking all night, every day, this and this, but I never had that chance to talk with his parents that way and his family. So what we have talked about for two years, which for some people probably takes five years to talk about, then I had to bring it to them. And they were almost playing catch up in a sense. So it was like 
oh, well, Josh says Vanessa does this, but we haven't seen that. And I was like, I've been doing this for years, but I haven't, I wasn't in their space like that. And I think that was the hard part. A little bit for me also was going from pastors to like, I want to be in your space, let me in. Because there's a sense of privacy and respect that comes with my pastor. Like Josh would always be like, after, after a service, go talk to my mom. I'm like, she's working. Like, I can't just go up to her like, hi, just want to say hello. He's like, why don't you do that? So later on it was, I, can I come over? I don't know. Tell them I'm coming over because I needed to be in their space because all those conversations Josh and I had, we, I wanted to bring it into the living room with them. So it was breaking that barrier of what? I have to be honest. What? I was, I was a terrible gatekeeper. I introduced her into our family totally incorrectly. They had totally. fallen in love with a woman. And I'm going to be honest, right? Cause I don't, I mean, there's a young man out here that you're like, my family's not getting with the program. It's not their job to get with the program. What took me two years to figure out with them, I wanted them to figure it out in two minutes. And it wasn't fair. And I, I was so hurt because I was like, they don't accept her, they don't accept her. But the thing is, is that the woman that they thought I wanted, I had divorced myself from her years before. I just never told them. And didn't tell us. I never told them. Right. I had this literal soul tie with a woman that I had made in my head that I had buried and was dead, but they still thought that she was alive. Mm. So then when I introduced Vanessa as this girl I'm interested in, I introduced, I, I took away their opportunity and I took away their permission to be able to meet her at the level and at the pace that I did. I'm telling you. So I you. set myself up I'm and set them up. You. By the grace of God and because we did a lot of work, we're sitting here. So when people see this, this is not a game and it's not a joke. There was a lot of places I had to ask and plead for forgiveness, repent, ask for, like, I'm, I'm sorry that I literally push somebody up on you. I had to apologize to her. I'm sorry because now you have to learn my mom as my mom without me trying to feed things into your ear like the IRS. Like, hey, when she does this, when she moves this way, say this. Because then what happened was is it was manipulative a thousand percent. And, here, and here's the way it played out. Me and your mother are fasting and praying. We're in the bedroom praying. But you were blessed to have a relationship where you are Callie's protector. And you did that. You did that when we were not around. Okay. But Callie's also your protector. Yeah. So while mom, and, while mom and dad are praying and seeking God, Callie is on the other side and saying, heck no, what is this? No, she walked across the Who is this girl? What are we doing? <laughs> this is not who, because you spent time with her, you didn't spend with no. us. Oh, wait a minute. Let me. So, so, Callie, <laughs> so Callie's like, this ain't, uh-uh, Josh, wait. this ain't who we were praying for. This is she ain't it, dog. And because you had had a two-year journey right. that you didn't let your sister be a part of. And I didn't think that she wanted to be. Okay, we don't have there to get into all that. There was a misconception. No, let's be honest. Let's. We both were miscommunicating. <laughs> I was missing it because I was like, she doesn't want anything to do with it. So, what, like, but go ahead. Mommy was going to say. No, you go on. No, I'm not. I just want to say, you guys just touched on a very powerful component. You just, okay, you just Sibling secrets. You got to leave them alone, though. You got to let these siblings Wait do their thing. You, you don't step in between them. Moms and dads. Am I right? Sibling Back. secrets. We're going to talk. Right. I hope we get to that. Right. No, we're not today. But Some things are not going to work in your house until you understand this, these relationships. Yeah. Especially if you have two these strong kids. These kids have a very powerful position in the forward momentum of a family. And the older they get, the more powerful and the more stronger this bond is, if it's done right. Right. And I think it's 
Go ahead. I think, I think it's a bond that also has to be recognized because Josh mm -hmm. and I, as he mentioned already, broke up a few times. But one of the times, it was really, I know, mutual in the sense of, like, we think what we've got going on is good. But something's not right in our families, so and we're it. causing some discord. We're causing, not that I would ever cause him to pick me over Callie, but it was happening because he was trying to protect our relationship, but also, like, Callie, get on board. But we didn't give her that opportunity. And so one of the times we broke up, it was like, listen, let's go back to our families and f let's get out of this discord and figure it out. And if it so happens that we get back together and things are connecting, let's go for it. Mm -hmm. But it, it was really us understanding that part of our identity and morals and beliefs were like family comes first Man. and I was never going to take that part away from him because part what made me love him are these people right here so how why would I ever take him away from that right so then when we got married like my sister like Kylan was my best man that's my homie love you dog but my sister was right next to me right. with her hand on my shoulder and it and when you look at the photo it's like I can't say what I really want to say, but it was just like, man, I get to marry the woman that I love, but the foundation is coming from a woman that I was born with. Yeah. Mm. So say now that. I get to see a part of Vanessa. When they, come to the, when they come to the crib, when they come to the house, I, they bring out a part of her that I can't bring out. Absolutely. And I don't want to bring it out because it's a relationship that they have. But I failed as a gatekeeper, and that caused us to like make our way to the starting line rather yeah. than starting from the finish. Yeah. Wow. Wow, I told you guys you're playing too much. So we we made it through. This is this is a this is a commercial break, and I sense this right now. No matter where you are in relationships with your family, with your parents, in a relationship with a man, a woman, or whatever, if you are not in this lineup of understanding, I want to say on behalf of us, it is never too late to start and sometimes starting over with the right stuff yeah. is a big benefit. So right. don't sweat it right, right, right. now that, right. you know, because this is just our journey that we're sharing with you. Right. And so you can, you can win with the hand that you have been dealt. Yes. Okay. 10 more minutes. We'll do one more. Is that all right? Go ahead. Okay. The third one is resilience. Resilience. And I want to say this. Resilience for your family is the ability to make it through anything as long as you're together. Right. Doesn't matter what it is. So let me just say this. What happens inside your house, and Josh and Vanessa live at a different address, but it's still my house. It's still, it's still my house. I share that house with her parents who are here, they're together. They, they also love God, but that's my house. So when I speak, I speak for that house. What happens inside our house ain't nobody's business. And I will never be ashamed of what happens in my house. You're never going to see me cower if my kids make a mistake, if something bad happens. I don't give a flip about what you care about my house. I don't. Because you do nothing for my house. I'll never be embarrassed. I'm going to be out front too. <laughs> I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to be hiding either. I'm going to be working on my house all the time. Mm -hmm. That's my job as father. You get what I'm saying? Yes. And we can make it through anything as long as we are in unity and we are together. Those are my thoughts concerning that. What y'all got? 
Um, I had a sub point, was adaptability also under resilience? And I think for me, a lot of it was how we just came together as a family. But I think it's also, if it's, a, it's an idea of be, having a family structure, but able to be flexible because things are gonna come, misunderstandings are gonna come. So it's going back to that foundation. If we are about family, regardless of what happens, we're coming back to the family, we're coming back to the family room table and we're talking about it. So I think that keeps us together and resilient knowing that like these are our basic structures and our basic foundation is God and family and we're always gonna go back to that. And so that's where I was at with uh, adaptability. That's good. Resilience. It is Sound possible. Like spelling bee. Resilience. <laughs> R-E- <laughs> and we do love that in our house. When you are on Facebook, Instagram, uh, what are, what's the other one? Twitter. Make sure you spell check. Is that, is that in resilience? Yes. Oh, okay. Spell it. R-E-S. No. <laughs> I said no. Anyway, resilience is a precious ingredient in family. I can't imagine going through all the things you guys have heard us kind of talk about and talk at this morning if I didn't know that none of us planned on leaving each other, divorcing each other. Most people in families can't talk because they're so fearful that somebody is going to leave them. They're just, you can't be truthful with your husband because you're not sure there's enough love between you so you could tell Martin, babe, when you said that, it really hurt me. So what we do is just suppress ourselves. And at the end of the day, becoming, the, the days become months and years, and you don't know each other any more than the sum total of just years. You don't know any more about each other. You just have years together. The Whoa. most freeing thing for me as a woman was learning how, Callie, to really put my feelings and expressions into terms Habasate. for your father. Because he can't guess. Because I realize all those precious hours, Vanessa, and years and things that I just went silent. Mm -hmm. I missed out on some amazing times now that we can't stop talking to each other. So as you are engaged, I mean, talk the big stuff, not that old foolish stuff. Let's do it. I mean, tell that guy now, you know what? I really need you to get that hair out of your ears because it's driving me nuts. <laughs> you know, do you ever clean this car? Right. Hello. The tolerances that you allow now are going to be the tolerance that's going to drive you guys bananas. That's the truth, though. So just in resilience, you've got to know that you know that no matter what we talk about, Josh is not going upstairs slamming a door in this house. His dad will have his head, and he will be down at the Salvation Army. No, very, you, very legitimately. My look, look, father. Seriously. Go ahead. Always, and we've said this before, like, this man. Crazy. Always make sure we're together. I can be like, <laughs> That's also his life strongly language. speaking, 
not yelling. We never yell. I've never heard my parents yell. But strongly speaking, okay, to my dad, irritated. He's talking to me. I'm talking to him. Discussing. My dad will not let you leave. I remember as a kid growing up, like, you had to come hug and kiss him. <laughs> when nothing, you didn't want anything more than to be in your room fuming. Mm -mm. But before you could go, that was your gate. That was your ticket out. You had. What does he ask? But, but, what does he ask? He are, we saying, let me, are we what? Are we good? Are we good? Are we, are we, are we together? Question, but the question is this, though. You couldn't just hug and kiss them. You had to literally believe in your soul that you loved them. So that was one thing that they've made as it's, it's so secure is that we would be up until five o'clock in the morning. Like I got the SAT in the morning, doc. And you haven't, you cannot look me in the face and say that you love me yet and mean it. So nobody's going to sleep because we didn't allow one person to struggle with something in their room. If Callie was going through something depressive, we, we camped in her room. I'll take the first shift. You go to sleep. I'll watch the door. Dad, you're up next. Dad, you got to go take a shower. Mom, go brush your teeth. I'll go make dinner. Callie needs to sleep. Somebody hold up those flashcards and put them in front of her over and over and over. Wake her up. Like, so it became this thing where we say, when we say, I love you, when I tell you it's factual, it's not a game because they never allowed us this opportunity to, to, to foul, to go in our room and shut the door because we feel some type of way. Oh, they were like, okay, I guess the meeting's in the room then. I guess we're going to be in your bathroom. Well, I'm getting naked about to take a shower. Like, hey, we've we seen everything oh anyway. We're about to talk about it. So we never allowed each other to be alone on purpose, unless that time alone was to recharge with God. All I want to know is, are we together? Are we together? Together. Because if you're not with me, when you leave the house, it's a wrap. Yeah. And you get in trouble, you are uncovered and vulnerable. you're not going to call me. Mm-mm. I want you to call me first before you call the police, before you call the lawyer. I want you to give your heart to me, your father, before you give it to a guy you work for. Because yes. I can pay you more than he can. I provided for you that you don't know about. I want you to call me because I want to be there when the police comes. Yes. For real. They will treat you different, different. if your father's on the scene. Mm. Daddy. And we got proof. <laughs> so I want you to be good with me mm. so that you never beg anybody for food. You tell me you're hungry. Mm. I will cut off my hand and let you eat it. Glory to God. You will never depend on anyone. <sighs> so we got to be together. Because if you don't love me, Callie, some slick dude is going to get what's most precious to me. Jesus. Oh, my God. And that would kill me. I want it to be a husband. I want it to be a father. I want to be a grandfather. That's not just something that's going to happen in my life. It's been a plan. <laughs> and I want you everywhere you go to say, my dad is pissed at me, but I'm calling him right now because <laughs> you know what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. I am predictable mm -hmm. every time. Yes. 
You know where I am, what I think, what I'm going to do. Yes. You never have to wonder, is my, you know, I don't know, my dad, oh no. He might be preaching and might not want to sit down to come get me. I will leave this pulpit to come get you. Yes. you did. I will leave this pulpit, I will leave this pulpit to go break up a fight you did. and beat them up and then come back and finish preaching. You, That's you who I am. You know, uh, Ka Ka Callie and Josh's father. Don't let the suit fool you. Fool you. However, he would say, don't send me to jail. Yeah, do you don't know, do you know your children? They can be wrong and have you out there in front of the world. Look what you made daddy do today. Holding secrets. And, and what we tell Josh and Callie, don't oh. send your dad to jail because I, I don't plan to be a single mom. Right? Yeah. So it's like you have to be uh, young people. Be sober about this. There are some stuff you're dealing with. There are some things you're in right now. That if, if society, if the, if the legal authorities found out, it would jeopardize your whole house. I'm telling you right now, drop it. Get out of it. You know, uh, do something different because you guys can really mess up the whole plan of the family. We do. And you have a lot on the line every decision you make is a decision we made. And that's why I was gonna say, Pastor Martin, we talked one time, says when, when we do these weddings and we have people say, well, uh, do you take this man and this woman? We need to stop saying, I do, and let everybody in the building that stands with you stand up and say, we do. And if we don't get a we do, then y'all don't. And so we try to do this way before that beautiful day when you spend all this money and all the bling bling and all this stuff and the beautiful gown. This is so important. When we enter into a marriage that's going to become families as an offshoot from the original family of a man and a woman coming together. But siblings, you know some of the things you're doing right now that's not pleasing and is not within the structure of what your family believe, get out of it. It's wrong for you to do that to the family. So today it was a lot. It's, it's, it's 11.45, so we should end this. So Should we? Yeah. Yeah, we should. It's a lot. Sit, sit it here. is. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a lot. But... Um, just just to thank you for all of your listening, those of you who are here and everybody that made this happen. Understand this. Joshua was the last to get his land in the promise. He was the last to occupy his land. But it was the best land. He occupied great land. But it was he could only endure those 24 to 25 years of warfare because his family had made a choice. Other families would not have been able to last that long fighting for others until mm -hmm. they got theirs. But his family was able to stay together and receive the promise of God to them because they were together. They were a unit. They were a team. They worked together. They stood together. And your family can do the same. Your family can work together, fight together. Keep your secrets private. No one needs to know. And if they do know, never be embarrassed about your family. You keep your head up. Let them lead their house. You lead yours. Be confident in however your family is being put together. And that God is going to do something amazing with your family. Because that's what he wants to do with every family. 
Linnell's father said something to me years ago. He said, Martin, y'all please serve the Lord. And I said, yes, sir, we will. I said, but why? He said, if you and Linnell mess, mess up, up, you're going to hurt a, a lot, lot of, of people. people. Now that pressure is a lot, but it's true. But the only way I can not hurt a lot of people because we're going to make mistakes and we have. The only way we can do that is just repent and say, God, that was a mistake. Did not really want that to happen. That's the way it turned out. Forgive us. Restore us.